pleasing. He's so good to us. It's good to see the Patton clan back in the house. Give him a big round of applause, Kimmy. Jenna's just grinning. It feels awkward when somebody claps for you, huh? <laughs> um, I want to talk to you today about being back to the basics or honor. Have an honor. This is one of the back of the basics. One, the first one is salvation. You know, God's gave me this message. I think he first gave it to me in 2017. Um, and he brings it back up to me. You know, I, I don't get my messages from a man or off the internet or anything. I go to God and I lay before him and I ask him what he wants me to preach to you, right? What, what he wants me to teach about it here. So um, as I was doing that this week, he said, go back to the basics. Go back, go back to, the, to the series, back to the basics. And he, you, I used to teach this about once a year, but it's been since I think 2019 since we taught it last. So um, we're going to be talking about honor this week. And back to the basics is a series on living what God, or living the way that God has designed, right? And everyone says we want to be, uh, we want more of God and we want to live in the way of God. But what most of us really mean is we want the power and the glory, we want the blessing, we want the healing of God without much relationship, right? We don't want to have much sacrifice involved in it. I don't want it to cost me much, preacher, but I'd like to have all those things that you're talking about. All those things would be great, that'd be awesome, it'd be wonderful, but I don't want to sacrifice much, and I don't want to have to put much into it, right? So, so when I need something, how about if I just call on you? I'll just call you, I'll just call the church, and you, and you all can pray for me. You, you all can ask for blessing. You can ask for healing, right? Well, you can ask, you can ask for healing for grandma, but, but I don't want to put much into it. That's where, that's where most of us live at, though, right? I'm expecting you all to be quiet during this series because it steps on our toes just a little bit. I didn't expect you to get quiet just yet. Amen. We're Pentecostals here. We can say amen. We can say hallelujah, right? We don't want to take the time to have a relationship with God, though. Or we don't want to pour into it full time. Even though those of us who have a relationship, we slip up a lot of times too. Amen? We slip up. We, we get involved in this relationship and then we fall down. There's no shame in falling down. The shame is if you don't get back up again. Amen. There's the shame right there. Because when you fall down, the devil will run up and he'll say, you're not good enough to do that. Remember what you did? Remember how that went? You failed. You're a failure. God doesn't want you back. He'll tell you all these things. He'll say these things to you, right? We have to honor God and his values and his ways. I'm talking about honor today. All, day, all, all 30 minutes or whatever I'm going to be up here, I'm going to be talking about honor. We have to honor God and his values and his ways, right? Because his ways and his values are much higher than ours, right? We're a dishonorable society. Can I tell you that then? Look around you today. Look how kids are talking to their parents. Look at all the road rage going on. Look at the people who, you know, if, if you say something... Not even meaning that cross you, you can send something to text and somebody will blow up on you. Well, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. I'm going to tell them what I think about them because we're a dishonorable society. We don't honor each other. We don't honor one another, let alone honoring God. Right? We're a dishonorable society. We must build a church today, though, that empowers people, trains people, right? Not enslaves people. Now, think about this. When you empower people, in the Old Testament, when they came to the church of the Sanhedrin was preaching, they'd put a weight on every time you came. You can't do this. You can't do that. You've got to show up over here. You've got to bring a sacrifice. You've got to do this thing. You've got to do that thing. You can't do that. You can't go over here. You can't talk this way. And they just put weights on the people all the time. Yeah. Every time they came and learned something new, it was another weight that you tried to have, had to try to live up to. And many people see church as the same way today. But it's not supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be about a relationship, right? So instead of, instead of enslaving people and continuing to put weight on them, if, I, if you keep coming in here and I keep feeding you and you don't do anything with it, guess what happens? What happens to your body if you keep eating and eating and eating and you don't do anything? You get fat. 
right? It puts weight on you. You just get fat and you don't, look at me, the pot calling the kettle black, right? You just get fat with it though. And we don't do anything with it. But instead of that, we need, we need to use God's word to empower us, right? Because you, when, when a professional athlete wants to get in power, right? You've never seen a bodybuilder get big by just moving around in the air like this. He can't just do this and get, and get big muscles on him. There's got to be weight to it. There's got to be things that you push around that they move around, right? So we're supposed to empower the church today. Does that make sense? We're supposed to be empowering people to be able to move around to get bigger and stronger, not just, not just enslaving us by putting weight on us, not just giving us rules. A relationship's not about a bunch of rules. It's about the relationship, right? We're going to train today about honor, right? I'm going to give you a little bit of weights about honor, and we're going to push them around. We're going to do something with them, right? You didn't just, didn't just come here today and hear this message and then walk back out the same way you left, I hope. I hope, because God's dealt with me again on this, right? It's like with the football team. I watch football. Anybody watch the Chiefs? Some of y'all are going to watch the Chiefs today, right? If they go on a losing streak, you know, earlier in the season when they lost three or four games in a row, you know what teams do when they do that? They go back to the basics. They go back to the fundamentals. They learn how to hit again. They learn how to block again. They, work, they practice on basic fundamental things, back to elementary things. They learn how to catch the ball. Remember when they were dropping the ball or they were popping them up and Mahomes got all those picks because they were bouncing off people's hands? What do you think they worked on? They went back and worked on the basic things again, back to the fundamentals. Have you, have you ever played football or played a sport? When you start suffering in some area, you go back to the fundamentals of the thing. That's what the series about back to the basics is. You may think I'm older than that. I'm more, I'm more spiritually mature than that. I'm talking about older spiritually. I'm talking about I, I'm past all that preacher. But listen, sometimes even professional athletes have to go back to the basics. We get the oopsies a little bit. We start dropping the ball, right? We start slipping up a little bit. We start forgetting to show honor, right? When, when they lose their way, though, they go back to it. And it's the same thing in a Christian life. When, when we lose our way in our Christian walk a little, we have to go back to the basics. Right? You have to go back to salvation first, make sure we're right with God. Then we have to start honoring God, honoring his ways, right? Honoring the people around us, honoring the house of God, honoring the man of God. We're going to go down some different avenues today, right? This happens the same way in Christian life. We have to go back to the basics. Remember. Remember, we have to go back and remember what we already knew. We already know all this stuff. I can't teach you anything new under the sun. The Bible has all already been preached. Newsflash. The whole thing, it looks like a big, gigantic book, but it's already been preached millions of times. You see, we've been preaching out of the same book for 2,000 years now. You think it all hasn't been preached time after time after time? Amen? Amen? But we have to go back and remember sometimes. We have to go back and get a refresher course. Even professionals have to go back and get refresher courses at times. Right? If they, a lot of fields, if they don't work so many hours, they've got to go back and take a refresher course. Or even if they're on the job and they're working in their field, they have to go back and take a refresher course from time to time. As Christians, it's no different, right? We have to have a refresher course. The definition of the word honor is high respect. To have high respect, right? Esteem, value, revere, hold in high regard. Hold in high regard. Amen? Amen. This word honor, that's what it means. We're talking about honoring the ways of God, honoring God, honoring his values, honoring his virtues for my life, honoring how he wants me to live. Amen? Anybody up for that? It's hard on some days. It's hard on some days. There used to be a day, though, when people honor God. Think about that. We all want these big, powerful services and stuff. Remember how we acted back then? Whenever I was a kid and they had Holy Ghost runaway services, they were living honorably. 
They honor God, right? They honored the house of God. Think about what, what, when Moses was out on the backside of the desert and he was back there tending his father-in-law's sheep and God shows up in a burning bush, what's, what did he say to Moses? Take your shoes off. You're standing on holy ground. Why do you have him take? It wasn't because the sand that was in the desert, was it? That, that wasn't what made it holy. It wasn't because he was tending sheep. It wasn't because there was nobody else around. It was because the presence of God was there. Take your shoes off because you're standing on holy ground because God met him right there where he was at. How many times have you been in this church and not felt the presence of God? Church God meets us here. Shouldn't we revere this place? Shouldn't we honor this place? This is the house of God. He, he can't be contained by a building. I'm not saying that, but he meets us here. So shouldn't we reverence this house? Shouldn't we take care of this house? Shouldn't we not throw trash on the floor? Brother Adam was talking this morning about when you pick up the trash off the floor, God will honor that. I think he said that in some, some way, but God will honor that thing. But how did the trash get on the floor? Think about that. I used to clean up fingernail clippings after every service. Seriously, I did. I know who was doing it was in the same seat. I don't think you'd come to my house and sit in my living room and clip your nails on the floor. That wouldn't be okay, would it? Would it be okay if I came to your house and did that? Or, or unwrapped a piece of candy and threw it down? Just throw my trash on the floor. And I'd ask you where your trash can was at. Why isn't it okay in God's house? It's not okay. Think, I'm talking about honoring God's ways. I'm talking about taking your shoes off. Respect this place. This is where God meets us at. What about honoring the man of God? Think about that. There once was a day when the, when the, when the preacher was looked up to. Think about that. Today we just see him as old Joe Blow. Don't we? We do that. What about the church? God's placed every member in the body as it pleases him. So when you talk down about your fellow brother, your fellow brother and sister, think about it. God's placed them there. God placed the preacher in the house. When you talk bad about me, you're talking about his decisions, his choices. His way. I was appointed to be here. I didn't choose this job. I didn't fill out an application for this place. I didn't want to come here. Right? I want to, I want to do what God has me to do. You, you get what I'm saying? But it was much more comfortable sitting on the front row at my old home church and listening to my pastor preach and teaching a Sunday school class. That was easy. Hey, it was smooth sailing. I didn't sign up for this. I'm here because God said, you go over here and pastor this church. Hopefully you're sitting in the chair for the right reason and you're here because God said, Hey, this is your church. This is your pastor. You see, God places people under pastors because God gives those pastors the message the people need to hear. Right? If God's placed you under a pastor in a church, shouldn't you honor that church, honor God, and honor the pastor? What about the person sitting next to you? We should honor them as well, right? Jesus paid the price and put his authority on each and every person of the church. Why would we dishonor that vessel? Think about it. Think about it. In Mark 6, 1 through 5, there's a lot of scriptures up here, the two, the two with the asterisks. I think I'm saying that right. Is this an asterisk? Asterisk? Okay, see, I'm just a dumb old hillbilly. But those two verses with those stars beside them, I'm going to read those today. The rest of them, write them down. <coughs> write them down and go and read those for yourself. Study those for yourself. I'm going to just talk about some of these because if I go and read all these, we're going to be here till till this afternoon, so and I'm, I'm going to try to get you out of here in a timely manner. Um, <clears throat> so in Mark 6, 1 through 5, it says, this is talking about Jesus. Then he went out from, 
from there and came to his own country. Jesus came back to his own country, right? He came back to Nazareth where he was born at, Jesus of Nazareth, right? And his disciples followed him, or where he was from. His disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had to come, it was, on, it was like for us today, that would be Sunday morning. When Sunday morning it came, it was time for church service, right? So what did Jesus do? He says he began to teach in the synagogue. He went to the church, and he began to teach. Can you imagine getting to sit in one of Jesus' classes? What would you pay for that? Anything, right? He was teaching the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? They were amazed by him. They were astonished with his wisdom and with his mighty miracles we're going to read on here that says. It says, and, and what wisdom is this that, that which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? He was performing mighty works. He was performing miracles. Things were happening, right? He was teaching, and he was preaching, and by his hands. So he was laying hands on people. People were being healed. There were miracles happening. Isn't that what it says right there? That's what it's saying, right? And then in verse 3, it says, Is this not the carpenter? In the very next breath, is this not the carpenter, of the son of, of, of Mary, the brother of James, jo, or Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. They took offense with him because they realized, Oh, this is Jesus from down the street. Even though he was teaching and having miracles and performing signs and wonders and all these things were happening in this church service, they took offense because they realized, oh, he just grew up down the road from here. Isn't that what it says right here? That's what it says, right? And four says, and this is Jesus speaking, notice the parentheses around it, or the quotations around it. A prophet is without honor except in his own country. A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives and in his own house. The people that are familiar with him. The people that get familiar with him. You see, we can run out. If John Hagee came to town today, we'd run out and we'd pay for tickets and go up there. Amen? A lot of people would. And you're shaking your head no, but a lot of people would do that. Amen? If, so, when, when, if Kenneth Copeland came to town, I'd be the first one in line. I'd want to go see him. Especially if they're having a miracle crusade or something down there. I want to go look. I want to go see what's happening. I want to learn, right? When, when a higher caliber, but the ones that we get familiar with, the ones that we realize who they are, we get dishonorable toward them. Amen? This is not just the preachers. It's also the person sitting next to you. Brother Adam knows Layla very well. That's his daughter. She's beneath him. I'm not saying that in a negative way, but she, he, he has authority over her is what I'm trying to say. She's under his authority. Kylie's under my authority. Someone who's underneath your authority, it's very easy to talk down to them. It'd be very easy to dishonor that person. There's not much recourse in it that we see, right? Does that make sense so far? <clears throat> Amen. So five says, now he could do no, when? What's the first word? Now. Now. What was going on before this? He was teaching and he was preaching and they were astounded by him and they were amazed by the things that he taught and the wisdom that he had. But then when they disrespected him, when they dishonored him, now it dries up. Now he can do no more. Miracles cease. Stops teaching. They're not amazed by him anymore. They ain't getting nothing. They're in church with Jesus Christ himself as the preacher, and they're not getting anything out of it. Wow. Can you even put can, I can't even wrap my head around that. But think about it. He could do no mighty work there, except he, he, he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. Without the honor... He could do no mighty work now. He was before. 
Since Jesus could do no mighty works without honor, how, how will it work for apostles today? Five-fold ministry, right? In every church, it's supposed to be a five-fold ministry. Y'all know what they are? Apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, and teachers. How will it work for your Sunday school teacher? You get what I'm saying? How's it going to work for Brother Adam? How's it going to work for your pastor? If you dishonor us, if it didn't work for Jesus, how's it going to work for me? How's the spirit going to flow in our services? When you come and say, oh, that's just Forrest, and I grew up with him, and blah, blah, blah. No big deal. Isn't that what they were doing to Jesus? How's it going to work in today's church? We want to be part of these big, powerful services, right? What about the whole church? Not, it's not just the five-fold ministry. What about the person sitting next to you? When we're dishonoring them, how is that going to unlock the blessing that God's put inside of them? Think about that. If it didn't work for Jesus, it's not going to work for Caleb. If it doesn't work for me, it's not going to work for Adam. Right? Does that make sense? He gives us these things for examples. We want anointing to flow in our services. How many, how many don't want to come in here and see a big powerful service and see me run around and spit and holler and scream and people be slain in the floor, in, in the floor and all those things happen and people healed? We all want to see those things, right? We all want to go to those services. We want the anointing to flow. We want supernatural services. We want healings. We want blessings. We want power, right? Give God the honor he deserves. You're not honoring me when you honor me. You're honoring God. He put me in this position, right? When you honor the person sitting next to you, God placed them in this body as it pleases him. You're not honoring them. You're honoring him. And you may not even be honoring them because they're honorable. You're honoring them because you're honorable, right? Person might not be a great person. You might know some things about them that you look down on. They did. I know what they're doing outside of here. God placed them in the seat. Right? You're not honoring them because they're honorable. You're honoring them because you're honorable and you're answerable to God. Amen? Amen? Does that make sense? Give honor where it's deserved. Here's some biblical examples. Write them down. 2 Kings 2, 23 and 24. When the children, of, children came out and they mocked Elijah, you know what they were mocking him about? Y'all know the story? They were mocking him because he was bald-headed, Brother Adam. You know the story. Don't make fun of my bald head, because here's what happens next. Two she-bears, it says, came out of the woods and tear them. The King James, if you read the King James, says tear 42 kids. And I looked up that word tear, that means to rip open. Two bears came out because they were, because they were mocking the man of God, right? Matthew 27 and 5, when Judas turned on Jesus, he was so convicted that he committed suicide, he hung himself. Because he turned on Jesus, God's son, right? 1 Samuel, the same reason, it's the first, the whole chapter, 1 Samuel 26, the same reason that David would, would, wouldn't touch Saul, right? They, God had caused a deep sleep to fall on David, and he came in and he didn't touch, he didn't touch, uh, caused a deep sleep to fall on Saul, I mean to say. David came in and just cut the corner of his garment off, and he was convicted about that, and he wouldn't touch Saul again because God had placed Saul as king over Israel. He was the God's anointed one, and even though he had been doing wrong, and even though he had fallen from grace with God, David had already been put in place and he was going to be the next king. Amen? Amen? He wouldn't touch Saul because he knew he was God's anointed. And then another time he came in and they were asleep in a cave and he, I don't know if it was the water jug or something, he came in and took from him and just to say, I was here, Saul, but I'm not your enemy. This could have been your head. You were asleep. I could have killed you today, but I won't touch you because you're God's anointed. You're God's anointed, right? He honored Saul even though Saul wasn't doing right because David honored God. Does that make sense? Because he was honoring God. It was for that same reason. Numbers 9, or 12, 9 and 10. 
When Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses, Miriam came down with leprosy. Didn't wait a week. It was immediate. Leprosy. God placed leprosy on them because they spoke against Moses. How did Moses get in that position? Was he hired? No. No. God came along and said, Moses, you go out and tell the, tell the Pharaoh to, to free my people. God put him in place. He put him in that place. God chose him to be there. And when someone spoke out against him in the Old Testament, they came up with leprosy. Just like that. Bam. Imagine if it was that way today. Boy, we'd watch our mouth then, wouldn't we? We'd probably have a lot better attitudes today, right? Another time when Korah and over 250 people of the leadership of the church came and spoke against Moses. You all know the story? God said, Moses, call a meeting with them. Bring them old boys over here. So he's, he called a meeting with them, and I don't know what time of day it was, but he called a meeting with them and he called them down there. And the Bible says that the earth opened up its mouth and swallowed them all in there and ate them. That was the end of them. The earth swallowed up and took them down, and that was all she wrote because they spoke out against the man of God. 1 Samuel 1, 13 through 20, Hannah went in, and she was crying at the altar. She didn't have a, she, she didn't have a child, and she was crying, and, and she wasn't wailing because the Bible says that no sound would come out of her mouth. She was just at the altar crying, and she was talking to God, but she was so distressed and so distraught that no sound, she couldn't even get her voice to come out of her. And you know what happened? Samuel came in and said, what are you doing here, woman? You're, you're laying in here drunk at the altar. How long are you going to lay here for? I'm, I'm paraphrasing. He's basically telling her, get up and, and put it away and suck it up and get out of here. And she said, oh, no, my Lord. She called him my Lord. See, she, she still spoke to him with honor. Even though he was talking bad to her, he wasn't being honorable. She was honorable to him anyway because he was placed in a position because of God. She honored him. And you know what happened next in verse 20? In verse 20... She had a son. His name was Samuel, and Samuel became the priest. Amen? Amen. Because she honored the man of God, even when the, the man of God was being dishonorable. 2 Samuel 6, 20-23, Michelle, King David's daughter. King David had came home from battle, and he, he, he was dancing around. He was so happy, and he was giving all the glory to the Lord, and he stripped down naked, the king. Totally buck naked. Out there dancing before God and giving God the glory for it. And Michelle, his wife, who was Saul's daughter, comes out and starts reprimanding him for it. How are you going to do this? You're here in front of these, these, these maiden women here, and, you, and you're dishonoring yourself. And he says, get back in the house, woman, basically. Get back in there. Don't you think that God chose me over your daddy? He, he gave her a little jab and sent her back in there. You know, the Bible says that Michelle spent the rest of her life with no children. Think about that. King David, he wasn't a priest. He was the king, but he was placed over in a position by God. And because she dishonored that man of God, she was shamed through her whole life. Because if you didn't have children in that day, it was shameful to you. People, people in society, even though she was a daughter of a king and a wife of the king, she was shamed the rest of her life because she dishonored her husband. God thought to put that in the Bible. Why do you think he thought to mention that? He was showing us what honor would do and what dishonor would do. Folks, we've got to honor each other. We've got to honor the house of God. We've got to honor the, honor the ways of God. God set this place up. He, he set it up for Jesus gave us the five-fold ministry, right? He gave us the five-fold ministry for what? For the edification of the church. So if it's for the raising of the church, and, and church, we need raised up. We need edified. We've got to show honor to, this, to, to, these, to these positions, right? God placed a, Jesus placed a pastor over his body, which is the church. If he places a pastor, and I'm not trying to give myself any props today, this is biblical. This is what the book says. 
if we're not honoring the pastor that he placed as the, as the, the part over the church, how is the church going to work for us? How's the anointing going to flow through the pastor? The, the, the anointing is supposed to flow through the pastor and into the church, right? How's that supposed to happen? How does that happen when we dishonor the position? It's the office that you're honoring. It's not me. I'm not worthy of the honor. But he is. He is, right? When we honor godly men and women, we unlock the anointing in them. We unlock that, we unlock that anointing that's inside of them into us and onto us, right? We want blessed. We want to see those kind of. We want to see those kind of service. We want to see those things happen. We have to honor each other. Amen. I'm not saying you have to bow to me. I'm just saying honor the office. When I when I had a pastor, I still do have a pastor, but he's in Texas. But when I was going to a church with a pastor, I would have done anything for my pastor, anything that he needed. If he needed me to fill in, if he needed this, if he needed that, and I would go to him. What do you need me to do? I'd be asking him, not not waiting for him to come and try to sign me something, and then throw it down after he gave it to me anyway. You see, that's what happens most of the time in the church today. When we can get somebody to sign up to do something, they forget about it in just a few weeks. Amen? Who's that fall back on? Me. Falls back on me. When you don't do your job, I got to pick it up. Amen? If there are 40 or 50 of us in here supposed to have a job that we're doing and nobody's doing them, how am I supposed to preach? When I'm doing your job and the next person's job and my job, how's that supposed to happen? Still talking about honor, right? You unlock the anointing, though. So by honoring pastors and teachers and leaders and our kids, our spouses, when's the last time you said something bad about your spouse? Think about that. Two years ago. <laughs> you get what I'm saying, though. When's the last time you've talked down to your children? You get what I'm saying. We've got to honor each other. We've got to do things his way, right? And when we honor the office, people who are appointed to offices, when we honor our children, when we're honoring the, the, the church, I'm talking about the church as a whole. We have to honor the church. It goes further than that, church. This is going to really hurt here in a minute because God convicted me on this part too. When we're honoring these people, though, in these positions, we're ultimately honoring God because God set these things into place like this. God set our children under our authority, Right? He set us all in the church, and he set a pastor over the church. He set Jesus over the whole thing. This is all God's way. He did this. He designed it. I don't know why he did it this way, but he did. He's God, and he gets to choose. And this is what he did, right? And if we don't like it, guess who's wrong? It's not me. I mean, I mean, I mean it's not him, right? Whoever receives honor should expect it humbly, or accept it humbly, I mean to say, and then give it to God. When you honor a person... Thank you, Lord, for letting me taste this honor, for getting to see your honor. Here it is. I honor you with it, Lord. Does that make sense? It's not that the honor is going to a man. It's going through a man and to God. Does that make sense? Whoever honors will receive honor from God. Romans 13, 1 and 2 says this. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. Oh, Lord, it goes farther than just the church. You get this? What's a governing authority? Congress, president, police officer, uh, boss. <laughs> That's what hurt me the most. Boss at work. You get what I'm saying? That's a governing authority. They're placed there to be over you. He says, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. Anybody who has authority, we're supposed to be subject to them. For there is no authority except from God. 
You may not like the person. You may not think they're doing a great job. You may not like them at all. I have bosses that have lied to me that steal from the company that, that, that'll throw you under the bus, that'll try to add work onto you, that, that'll do all kinds of things that I don't like, I don't care for, and I don't like them at all as a person. But I have to show honor to them. This is where I got convicted in this thing at, right? <clears throat> for there's no authority except from God. God allows them to be in that position. And all authority, just like Jesus said to, to Pilate, he said, you can't do anything to me anyway. You can't do nothing to me except for what God allows you to do. You're only here because he lets you be here, right? And the authorities that, are, that, are, that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinances of God. That's pretty serious right there, right? We don't want to be guilty of resisting the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. We wonder why things aren't going right. Read that sentence right there again. Whoever resists authority resists ordinances of God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves, right? God convicted me there about honoring my coworkers, about honoring my boss, right? When we dishonor authority, we dishonor God. It, 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 I showed you this in these examples today. If David would have dishonored Saul, he would have been dishonoring God because God placed Saul in the place, in that position, right? If the elders, or when the elders dishonored Moses, they just didn't, just didn't dishonor Moses, they dishonored God. Amen? When they dishonored Jesus, they didn't just honor G, dishonor Jesus, they dishonored God, right? When you speak out against your pastor, well, it goes further than that. God's put the pastor in a position. The pastor has to appoint people to other positions. Let's just say a van driver. So if I appointed, appointed Caleb to be the van driver, and you didn't like Caleb being the van driver because he's too young for that position, and you start speaking out against Caleb, you're not speaking out against Caleb. He didn't appoint himself to the position. You're speaking out against me. And God put me in the position with the authority to put Caleb in the position. So ultimately, you speak out against God. Think about that. What are we doing to ourselves? We're bringing judgment on ourselves. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't honor the king because he was honorable. He told them they had to come wash up this statue, fall down. When music comes on, you boys fall down on your face. Everybody had to, and you worship this statue, right? But they said, oh, oh great king. You see, they still paid him honor. Oh, great king, we're not going to do that thing because we'll serve one God and one God only. If you need somebody else to do that, if, if there's something that's illegal, immoral, or unethical, if you need somebody else to do that, if you, if you really feel like you got to do that, you better get somebody else because I can't do that thing. But they didn't curse at him, right? They still showed him honor, right? So you might be wondering right now, then why does God put bad people in authority? Why would he do that? Why would he put me under a boss that, that steals and, and, and tries to do negative things? And he places us there, right? He, he places people in position. And people choose what to do with that position, right? People choose good or evil. God places people, just like he chose Saul. Then Saul chose which way to go. He, t he turned to the bad, and, he, and God replaced him, right? Examples of this are, are God gives giftings and abilities. We know that. Sister Delena plays the piano. She plays the piano quite well. Sister Delena gets to choose what she does with that ability that, she, that she's given. She could play secular music about sex, drugs, and rock and roll and partying and all those things. She could play that, or she can choose to play it 
to praise and worship God. Amen? People choose. God puts people in positions, but people choose. And you, we have to choose today. When we dishonor people, we remove, we remove our ability to bring them to Christ, too. Because so many times I might be under that boss so that he can see how I react. And when he, and when he does something negative toward me, and I react differently than Samantha does because she's, she, she's living carnally. Not today, Samantha, but you get what I'm saying. When, the next person on the line, and, and they're living one way, and they blow up on him, and, and, and they curse him out, and they, and they do whatever it is they do. And I just say, boss, I still honor you. I still respect, respect you. I don't think that was right for you to do that to me, but I, I respect you, and I'm not going to show you dishonor in that way, right? And he sees me act that way or sees us act one way. Then we have the opportunity to witness. This is why I'm different than that person is because I have God in my life. I have peace in my life, right? So when we, when we, when we dishonor someone who's over us, we remove the ability to bring them to Christ. We remove our ability to bring them to Christ. Because you see, when I do, when I act out in a dishonorable way, they don't want to hear from me anymore. They're not going to hear from me anymore. Paul had two spiritual sons. Apostle Paul, I'm almost done here. Apostle Paul had two spiritual sons. Two of them. He may have had more, but two of them that we know of anyway. Timothy and Titus. Both of them. He wrote to both of them to teach people to honor. Don't you think it would still work today? He had a purpose for teaching them that. He had a purpose to tell his sons to teach them that. Amen? Could I get a read about it today? Let's just close in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day, Daddy. We love you, Lord. I thank you for these messages on Back to Basics, Father God. Lord, sometimes we need to go back and look at the things that we already know to do, Lord, the, the, the things that, that, that would set us apart from the world, Father God. If we were just an honorable, if the church would just honor each other, Lord, honor the leadership, Father God, honor our bosses, Lord, honor the people even that are underneath of us, Father God, Lord, if, that, that we have authority over, Lord. I, if we would just become an honorable church today, Father God, I believe that we would look totally different, Lord, that we would come out, come out from among them and be ye separate, Lord. I believe that we just begin to see miracles and signs and wonders in your church one more time father god i thank you for these things daddy lord if we'd start honoring you lord and your ways that you want us to live father god lord if we would seek after you before anything else father we thank you for these things daddy and we praise you father god i pray that you would just touch each person's heart heart here today father god lord just convict us and convince us lord show us where we're dishonorable at lord show me where i'm dishonorable at father god lord help us to get these things corrected daddy Help us to get these things straight, Father God. Lord, I pray that you would just continue to remind us, Lord, when we come to church, Lord, that we should be looking for something that, that, that's wrong with us. Look for something that's wrong with me, Father, so that I could get this thing corrected and get this thing right, Lord, that I could be more of what you would have me to be, Father. Lord, I thank you for these things, Daddy, and I praise you, Father God. Lord, I pray that you would cause people to make new commitments here today, Father. Lord, that you would just set a fire in us, Daddy, that we can't contain, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray these things, Dad. Please keep us safe. Bring us back here on Tuesday to the prayer meeting, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen.